Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Lorena and this is The Pooch. I have sat down to record this, and I think I've started this about seven times now. Um, I'm just an absolute hot mess today, so wish me luck with the rest of this podcast. I've literally looked for an opportunity all week to try and record this. I just seem to be chasing my tail, and I'm just having one of those weeks that, you know, I'm just constantly cleaning and trying to organize stuff, and when I turn around, everything looks like it's a mess and just feels like it's all over the shop, and I'm just, I'm, I don't, I'm not with it. Anyway, I thought I'd start the episode with a big pet peeve of mine. This one really gives me the shits and I am happy for somebody to pay me to fix it all around Australia because I'm seriously over it. Um, And that's when places are designed or supposed to be designed for parents with babies and no one seems to have taken a second to actually test it out and think about how it would be used by a parent with a child in that environment. So obviously, you know, parents' rooms are an example of that. And I can think of a million examples of parents' rooms that have literally been designed by someone who thinks that you're just going to sit in a chair, act comfortable and do your business. And they don't think about the fact that you need space for a pram. They don't think about the fact that, you know, um, you might need some privacy. I've literally sat in a chair breastfeeding my baby where the, the curtain was completely sheer, like it was made of like some chul material which is almost completely see-through and the opening to the parents room was directly outside and the door itself was an automatic sensor door for anyone that walked past so I basically had my boobs out anyone that walked past the door would open to show me behind this sheer curtain breastfeeding my child and someone thought that was a good idea and also toilets that you know don't fit a pram so what am I going to do with my baby when I need to go I'm going to, what, leave her in the pram outside for anyone just to walk by while I'm using the toilet? Like there's just so many examples of that where I just go like I don't understand. It's already kind of hard enough as it is to be carting a baby around and getting what you need to do done, let alone having to then struggle to just use the toilet, <laughs> for example. I don't know. It just it just does my head in. You know, other examples to me are like when you're walking through a section of a let's say David Jones or Meyer or a big you know department store where there is a clearly you're in a baby section right there's baby clothes it might be toys or whatever it might be but the target audience of that section is likely to be people who may have a baby with them right may I mean we're talking about sections where they, they sell stuff for babies so there may be a baby with you meaning that you might be pushing a pram and I can't like 
count the number of times that I've literally left left somewhere because I can't fit my pram through there. Like they've just not factored it in. So I, I sound like I'm being super dramatic, but when you spend a year of parental leave, you know, going through the shops, trying to just, you know, whether it's get some get some, I don't know, retail therapy or clear your brain or or just walk around to get your baby to sleep, which is what I spent most of my first year of having a baby doing, trying to get my baby to sleep and just going to all these places that are totally not accessible. I sound like I'm being dramatic, but when you think about them in terms of accessibility and think about them in terms of like, you know, fit for purpose, why would you design a space that then can't be used by the people who are meant to be using it? It just does my head in. Um, so yeah, I know I'm, I'm just sounding angry, but I'm more than happy for someone to pay me to do some user experience and actually factor in that, you know, if I'm taking my child to the parents room so that I can use the toilet because I can't take her into a normal toilet because where am I going to put her while I use the toilet? I should be able to fit me, her and the pram in the cubicle when I go to the toilet. So there's my pet peeve. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I haven't even mentioned the people who sit in parents' rooms eating their lunch like it's a like it's a diner when they don't have kids themselves, um, sitting in, you know, breastfeeding cubicles, having a snack and just chilling there because it's a comfy couch. I just find it really gross. Anyway, that's my pet peeve. So now that I've shaken that one off, um, <laughs> I wanted to talk today about struggle shaming. I think I've coined this term. I haven't heard anyone talking about it before, but what I mean when I'm talking about struggle shaming, and I've mentioned it in an earlier episode, is the idea that, um, you know, you're not allowed to kind of struggle or, you know, you people make comments about how easy you have it in comparison to them. Um, and, I guess more specifically when it comes to parenting, I've, I've noticed it a lot happening with, you know, it could be, and I'm not, I'm not, gen, I'm not trying to stereotype here, but it could be, you know, older, older generations or people who have kids have had kids already before you in a different time. It could also be people who've had kids in a different environment. So they've got a completely different setup. And when I talk about struggle shaming, what I mean is, you know, oh, wow, you have it so easy um, we managed to do all this stuff without your gadgets or without, you know, the help that you have or without the, the setup that you've got at the moment. And I find that really, really upsetting because I think, you know, it's, it's like a way of kind of making you be quiet about your struggles. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to speak up and say, I'm really, I'm having a difficult time at the moment because, you know, you think you've got it hard. Imagine how hard it was I don't know, back in the sixties without a baby monitor, like at least you can check your baby. Um, you know, that kind that's, that's kind of the stuff that I'm trying to say. Now I'm going to start this by saying I have been very lucky. My mum has never done this to me and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> um, but I've been very lucky in that sense because I think, you know, my mum and I have spoken about the fact that, um, it just doesn't make sense because every generation, and now we'll talk about generations, but every generation has things set up differently um, and has things that the one before didn't have, but also have a different type of struggle. So this is why I, f I find 
this what I'm coining struggle shaming to be a little bit unfair. So the example that we've spoken about in my family is would it have made sense, for example, for my grandmother or let's say my great grandmother to say, oh, you think you've got it hard? You're lucky you've got a, a washing machine. I had to wash everything by hand. And then the previous generation would say, oh, you have to wash it all by hand. At least you didn't have to wash it in the well. You know, so, I mean, you can go back to caveman times and talk about how they looked after their babies. But the point is that the struggle shamer is trying to show that they had it so much harder than you. And it's almost like you're, you know, you're spoilt in, in, in the luxuries that you have in this point in time. So struggle shaming to me happens mostly around items that you might have that make parenting maybe easier or or just more practical um, or setups that you might have um, again. And it's about, you know, just managing, managing day to day tasks that have have to do with raising a, a baby. So it could be everything from, you know, the difference between having to wash nappies and using disposable nappies um, or even having, you know, better dispo- better reusable nappies than previous generations. It could be everything from, you know, ha- having the luxury, the luxury of having access to baby wipes as opposed to cloths, you know, um, or like I mentioned, you know, having baby monitors and that kind of stuff. So it is this idea that like, oh, wow, you've got it so easy. <laughs> you know, imagine how we did it without this stuff. You know, you're kind of knocking, firstly, you're, it's there's a there's a feeling of knocking that person's parenting and you know before I had kids I'll probably talk this about this another time I feel like such a judgy McJudgerson now that I have a kid um, when I think about the stuff that I used to think before my opinions about you know um, breastfeeding or you know tv time or you know that kind of stuff it's just it's so easy to have an opinion before you're there Uh, But once you're there, I think you realize, and I hope, you know, those of you that are listening kind of feel me on this, that you kind of realize, you know, just it doesn't make sense because you don't know the extent of that, the whole picture. You don't know the person's circumstances. You don't, you know, how can you say that access to a particular gadget means that they in general just have it so much easier than you do? You know, how, how can, how can that make sense? And it makes that person almost feel like they have to, they have to defend themselves in using it, and also that you know it, it's almost like a, a to me it's like almost like a martyr thing. I was so great I did without this sort of stuff. Look at you, kind of taking a shortcut, kind of taking the easy way out, um, and yeah, I, I just think it's a little bit slack, and I and I would like to see it gone. I'm very lucky that my mum hasn't done that to me because I think that would have really made me struggle. Every new mum has struggles, I know, but I I think at least I didn't have someone kind of making me feel like I was, you know, look at this chick trying to, you know, take the easy way out. So in a weird way, I kind of struggle shamed myself because I I kind of thought, you know, if my mum didn't have it or my mum didn't use this particular thing or, or do this particular thing or method, I wouldn't need to because it would make me somehow weaker or lesser or just caving, I guess, to unnecessary things. Now, to be fair, here I am going to be really judgy. I went to a parenting expo before having my baby and I was heavily pregnant walking through this expo and 
there was a gadget for everything to the point that the parent became redundant. <laughs> like, And that's me being totally judgy because I know a lot of people would be so happy to take on the majority of these gadgets. It's just not for me. It, it made me feel like if I was to buy these things, what am I there for? Like, do I not rock the baby myself, you know, pat the baby myself, all that kind of stuff. But maybe I'm the other extreme. So like I said, I kind of struggle shamed myself into thinking that if my mum didn't have it, I don't need it. My mum didn't have a baby monitor. I don't need a baby. My mum didn't use white noise. I don't use white noise. Um, I there were, there were many things that I had set myself up to do that after the fact, I was like, why am I actually making my life difficult? It's hard enough as it is. I don't understand why I'm now going to be too proud to go, I could actually get stuff done, monitor my baby while she sleeps. I had a lot of struggles with sleep with my daughter and on she, she just turned two and up until recently I've had difficulties with nap times and sleeping through the night. It's this thing that I kind of did to myself where it was like, you know, why am I going to waste money on something that I should be doing? Why would I, you know, get a set up a baby monitor when I should be checking my child? And then I, thanks to actually my mom saying to me, don't be silly. Like if I had those gadgets back in my day, you don't think I would have used them. That helps life be more practical. That helps take away from the stresses that, you know, new parenting brings to you. But that's not to say that you don't have other stresses that other parents don't have. And I think that's, that's where I get frustrated with struggle shaming. It's like, you just talk about, you know, the ways in which you had it harder and I have it easier, but you never mentioned the things in your life that actually made your life easier than mine. People have had so many different experiences throughout, you know, different parts of the world and and different parts of history that mean that, yeah, sure. Okay. They didn't, you know, they had to do a lot more hand washing into like as in washing clothes by hand than I do which is almost never um but you know did they have to factor in how they're going to work and parent at the same time um geez today life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, you know, I worked from home and parented at the same time, simultaneously had meetings and was feeding a toddler snacks at the same time to stop her from having a meltdown because she was having a rough day. You know, that's probably something that my great-grandmother who washed clothes in a well didn't have to think about, you know. But those struggles that people have now, you know, when, when people are trying to say, oh, we had it so much harder in different times or in a different place, they never mention how they had it easier. It's unfair. It's just unfair. It, you know, it's not a nice thing to do to a new parent anyway because it makes you doubt yourself altogether, but it's just an unfair thing to do. So I've tried to think about the best way to tackle those situations because they do come up and they I feel like they come up all the time. I see, like I said, I see it, you know, with myself, I see it with my friends who've had babies and I think the first thing to really do is to try and understand why it's happening. This is my opinion, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And I think being that I'm sensitive to it, I'm going to be conscious of it in the future and with, you know, with other parents. But I think I'm trying to understand why it's happening. Partly, in my opinion, it's because they want to have a moment to feel good about themselves. Um, and they see, they see the good in you as a parent and they kind of want to go, well, well I did it differently but that doesn't mean it was bad, you know, and I feel like that's that's a struggle amongst generations, I guess, as well. And like I said, I've been very lucky in that sense. But I think, you know, if you do something different to a previous generation in terms of parenting, is that perceived as a bit of a critique? You know, is that perceived as, you know, yeah, thanks, mum, <laughs> thanks, dad, for having done that for me, but I'm going to do it differently. Is that perceived as a critique? So I feel like, in a sense, it kind of it kind of addresses a bit of a sensitivity around why you're not doing things exactly how I did it. Another part to this is that, and maybe it's more obvious nowadays than it was in the past. But another part to this is that historically, and in in many cultures still today, you know, parents learn from previous parents. They take the lessons directly from them. You know, so mothers would pass down information to their daughters about everything to do with having, you know, a newborn baby. You know, it happens in, in other species as well. Like that that's how that's how kind of things have moved forward. But I guess in in, in today's day, we also have information that we can source from other places. So we, you know, and I'm not just talking about right here, right now, I'm not just referring to social media. I'm talking about, you know, ever since people formed communities and and went to work and were away from their their families and you know mingled with other people you get information from other places and so you learn things that are not from the generations before you you might learn things from science or from you know a different culture that that's done something differently and it makes sense to you and because of that you know again it might be seen as as a critique it might be seen as lack of being relevant so I want to feel relevant um, I've done this before and I did it very successfully and now you're you're kind of coming up with this new way of doing things 
I guess the way to feel relevant is to show that you did it, you did it well and without the ease that we've got it today. The other thing that struggle shamers, I'm going to call them, tend to not say is, you know, wow, that that's a really cool gadget. I wish I had that when I was having my babies or when I was, you know, raising my kids. There doesn't really seem to be an acknowledgement of how what you're doing could make sense, uh, could be useful, could be beneficial. And I think that might have to do with the fact that there is an identity in parenting that has to do with struggle. And, you know, I guess when it's behind you, it's having survived that struggle. So when you kind of go, I managed to do all of this without needing any of what you've got going on, it kind of makes you, it gives you a bit of a, like a thrill around, not a thrill, but you know, it gives you a bit of a um, ego boost around how you survive the struggle in parenting. And I think that's, I get it. I totally get that. To me, it's, you know, I don't think it's pleasant to look back and be like, I really suffered and I really struggled. And I don't know how I managed to come through the other side, but I did. I feel like people go, no, I worked it out. It was tough you know, but I managed, you know, I survived on little sleep. I survived with little things and look at the people these days, you know, how, how much more they're struggling than I did simply because they need all these things. But again, parenting, in my opinion, is probably the most challenging job anyone will ever do, um, seriously. So I, I kind of understand why that would be something sensation or some feeling that someone would seek in those moments the problem is that they don't really care about the impact that it has on on the person being struggle shamed I guess you know when you're thinking about what to do in those situations you could say nothing and like I said I've been in many situations where I've just been like yep okay and then I end up feeling a bit shitty about it myself but I just kind of say nothing um you know now that I've taken the time to reflect on why people might do what they're doing you know, I think saying nothing makes sense and, and it kind of, I sit okay with it because in my head I know I know that they're trying to fulfill something in within themselves more than critique me. But, you know, you could also say, well, I just find it handy, you know, I, I just find it handy. What I want to do on the inside is battle the person and say, really, you think you had it so much harder than me, you're not factoring in all these different you know, all these ways that life has changed or all these different things that I have to do that you didn't have to do. But what's the point? Seriously, what's the point in that? I'm literally then struggle shaming back and it just makes no sense. So I think just saying, you know, I just find it handy. I just find it useful. It helps me manage my day. That's fine. That's all it is. And know that, you know, you're doing it because it makes sense to you. You're doing it because nobody knows your life and your circumstances the way that you do. And you're going to do what makes sense for you. I know that throughout the time that I've had my daughter, there were many things that I kind of was like, there's no way I'm wasting my money on that crap. And I held off so long and I struggled for no bloody reason. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try. Even even a breast pump. I was like, no, my mum, this is insane. I feel like I'm bloody crazy when I'm sharing this now. My mum didn't have a an an automated breast pump she had to use a manual breast pump and so I was like I'm not gonna succumb to using an electrical breast pump that is insane and are you kidding me I literally I mean even with an electrical one I sat there for hours trying to pump even 10 mils that was freaking 
painful and just such a far out. It was horrible. But like, why would I just try and make my life even harder by, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I I honestly don't know. And luckily a friend gave me one. And so I was like, well, I wasn't going to buy one, but since this has been given to me, I'll give it a try. And then I just, I honestly can't think of what I would have done with the alternative because I had to factor in, which other people may have not had to have factored in. I had to factor in how do I maintain breastfeeding while returning to work? And I couldn't sit in a room for who knows how long while I manually extracted milk. Like that's just not an option when you have to factor in the workplace, when you have to factor in how do I return to work and be efficient and get my job done and still breastfeed, which has been my choice, my child. That is something that struggle shamers who are like, why would you bother buying gadgets? We did it without it didn't maybe have to factor in. So again, they're not looking at the whole picture. So I I feel like I'm getting a bit aggressive now. Um, But yeah, so this is, I guess this is a way of me saying, I guess highlighting that struggle shaming is something that people tend to do. They do it to fulfill their own purposes. People just, just try and insert themselves in the picture somehow and you know, try and find any opportunity to, to feel like, you know, if we're talking about parenting, how good of a parent was I, (laughs) you know, and maybe, maybe that's because there's feelings about their own parenting that they're dealing with, who knows. But I think the best way to handle it is within yourself, know that your circumstances are yours. They're completely different to anyone else's. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just smile and wave, smile and wave. Okay, I'm getting a little bit delirious now. I'm boiling hot, I'm starving, and I have an opportunity while my daughter is sleeping to get myself something to eat. So, I mean, it might be a piece of toast, but who knows. Anyway, I just want to end this episode on a tip that I have, and it's one that I probably need to follow a bit better myself. I'm getting I'm getting there, and I've kind of worked out a little bit of a trick. It's not really a trick. It actually sounds horrible when I first say it, but, you know, it might help you in the long run. So the tip is... If your kids wake up early, so in my case, my daughter most days will wake up at around five and this is just something that I've decided that's just what we do. I'm not trying to get her back to sleep at five o'clock in the morning. I could spend so long doing that. So we just she just gets up at five. So if they get up early, what I have done and what I still sometimes do is I try to snooze. Like I try to get her in bed with me. I'm like, try and have a little sleep or try to get her to relax somehow so that I can also get a bit more sleep because I'm so tired. I've been up half the night maybe, or, you know, got to bed really late, whatever it was. And I basically end up having this could be, it goes for ages because I end up so tired that I probably, you know, still mucking around trying to catch a little bit of a break until maybe 7, 7.30. So it's like two and a half hours of time wasted because I'm not resting, I'm not sleeping. Snoozing apparently is really bad for you. I learned this from Mel Robbins' five-second rule. She talks about snoozing and, you know, how it's just it messes with your day. So firstly, you're doing yourself no justice in terms of being tired for the rest of the day when you're trying to catch a little bit more sleep, you know, when it's, it's physically impossible. What ends up happening in my case is my daughter starts mucking around, running around my room. Um, she wants to mostly draw, which is really cool, but then, you know, she starts to scribble on the furniture or, you know, she starts to, she, you know, she'll grab things she shouldn't grab and, you know, haven't really worked out how to keep everything out of her reach, but that's okay. So what I, what I end up doing is basically 
being awake, being alert, keep monitoring her, but kidding myself into thinking that I'm resting. So anyway, long way to tell you that my tip is don't do that. Don't do what I do. And I'm going to listen to myself tomorrow. I'll get up early. Get up, get up when she, when, when your baby gets up. So in my case is I'll get up with her. My day will start early and I might be tired, but I won't be anywhere near as tired as if I'm trying to kid myself in thinking that I'm actually going to be resting while my toddler's in my room, you know, doing a whole bunch of stuff. So why not start my day at say five, five thirty, and get some of the stuff done that needs to be done, whether it's, you know, a bunch of clothes that need to be folded or doing a little workout, a bit of exercise um, or whatever it is that you need to do, but just start your day then. That way, by the time nap time comes around, if you're still lucky enough to have nap time, I am, um, that you can then relax because the stuff that needs doing that you were not able to shove behind a door and close the door and pretend like it's not there, the stuff that you actually need to get done has been sorted, you know? So the tip is, in a nutshell, get up when your kid does and then have a little rest when they do later on. Just, you know, struggle with the with the feeling of being a bit tired, especially if it's still dark outside. That I know that can be a little bit annoying. But you're not resting anyway, so might as well do something with your time. Just like smash out some jobs and then you can you can chill later on. That's that's my tip. I uh, I don't know if it works for everyone. I'll see if it works for me. <laughs> I'll try it out. No, nah, I do. Every now and then I do. I think I'm I'm getting better at it. So yeah, that's my tip. Anyway, I think, yeah, it's time for some food. So I'm just leaving you here saying trust your gut and be kind to your pooch. Have a good week and I will see you soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 